You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Greetings, fellow believers in our Lord Jesus Christ. In this episode, I will explain the exhortation found at Luke 21:36, where Jesus said, But stay alert at all times, praying that you will have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, Jesus taught the disciples about three periods of persecution. One, the time between his resurrection and the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Two, the time from the fall of Jerusalem throughout the church age until the great tribulation. And then during that specific period of the tribulation. The gospel writers recorded these times in different ways, but always according to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Luke 21, 12 through 19, was taught by Jesus with the pre-70 AD persecution in view. At Luke 21, 29 through 36, the focus is on the persecution during the tribulation. And Matthew 24, 9 through 29, also looks at the persecution that will occur during the tribulation. The subject at Luke 21, 25 through 36, is the return of Jesus. Uh, at which time the events of the day of the Lord will begin. Uh, reading there, there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress among nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting from fear and the expectation of the things that are coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, as we synchronize, Luke's account with Matthew and Mark, we understand that Christ will return while the tribulation is going on. And in fact, his return will cut short the tribulation and bring it to an end. Uh, Jesus said at Matthew 24:22, and if those days are not cut short, no life would be delivered. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. And he said at Matthew 24, 29 through 31, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Stars will fall from the sky. Powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. and They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet blast, and they will gather together his elect out from the four winds, from the farthest end of the earth to the farthest end of heaven. At Luke 21:34, the focus is on the suddenness of Christ's return. Jesus is teaching the disciples, and by way of application to those who will be alive during the tribulation. Be on your guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life, and that this day will not come on you suddenly like a trap. 
Well, that, this indicates that, one, the return of Christ will come as a trap. Now, that means there will be wrath and judgment when he arrives. Uh, Paul called it sudden ruin at 1 Thessalonians 5.3. And two, it states the possibility that the day of Christ's return could come on you, that is, believers, suddenly and catch them unprepared. Now, this refers to the actual day that Christ will return. The wrath and judgment will not be expressed immediately. Verse 35 states the fact that the judgment, the trap of Christ's return, will most certainly come. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the earth. The issue in Christ's words is that the judgment from God's wrath will most certainly come upon the unbelievers who remain on the earth after the rapture. And even though all believers will be received to his side at his return, there is the possibility for any believer to be unprepared and caught off guard. And so the exhortation to be alert. Being alert refers to the proper management of your spiritual health. That means to learn and use the principles and viewpoint of God's word in every area of your life. If a believer does not stay alert in this way, he will become distracted by the various worries of life. Uh, such a one will try to find some kind of solace in eating and drinking and whatever else he thinks will bring happiness. This is described here as being weighted down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life. In such a case, he will be unprepared when the cosmic signs announce the arrival of Jesus. Now, this warning is given in the context of being alive during the great tribulation of persecution from the Antichrist. All believers who will be within reach of the beast will either be killed for their faith or live in a condition of homelessness and deprivation. Some believers will live outside the immediate influence of the beast's worship system, but they will still be affected by the shortages of economic resources. Believers in either environment can become disillusioned with God and with life. Those who have no spiritual strength will become depressed. And, of course, being overcome with worry, they will seek the false consolation of drunkenness and other distractions. This possibility for the believer to be unprepared and caught off guard at Christ's return is also taught by Paul at 1 Thessalonians 5, 1-11. through 11. Now, First, he states that the day of the Lord will come like a thief upon unbelievers, and that the destruction of the day of the Lord will come quickly like the final birth pains on a woman in labor. Then he assures the believers that they are secure in God's kingdom. He wrote, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that that day would overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night, nor of darkness. But it is possible for the believer to be out of fellowship and be asleep spiritually. So Paul exhorts us to be alert and prepared. At verse 6, he urges, So then, let's not sleep as others do, but let's be alert 
and in control. So Paul affirms that the believer is positionally prepared because he is a child of God. That is, because he's in relationship with God, he will be delivered from the day of the Lord's judgments uh, through the rapture uh, that he wrote about in chapter 4. But in his life, a believer can be unprepared for the arrival of Jesus by failing to follow the standards of God's kingdom of light, the virtues of the Christian experience. The absence of uh, this experiential preparation through failure to grow spiritually or to maintain fellowship with God will result in, one, misery, worry, and fear during his life on earth, and number two, extreme shame when Christ returns. This is seen with John's exhortation at 1 John 2:28, And now little children abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his appearing. However, no matter how much a failure any believer might be, there will still be no forfeiture of the inheritance that God has promised. This is according to 1 Peter 1, 4 and 5. The promised inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed the last time, uh, that is, at his return. And even though his life on earth may have produced very little, if any, God-glorifying deeds, he will still be embraced as a child of God. Uh, he will still be saved. You know, every believer starts his Christian life on the foundation of his initial faith in Jesus. We learn about this at 1 Corinthians 3, 12 through 15. Now, if anyone builds on that foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, that's good stuff, or wood, hay, or straw, that's bad stuff, each one's work will become evident, for the day will show it, because it is to be revealed with uh, the fire of God's justice, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If anyone's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet just barely as through fire. So now to Luke. 2136. Of first importance is the translation. The translation in the King James Version reads counted worthy. Now that's inaccurate. The Greek word is kataskuo, and it means to have strength. And that's seen in the New American translation. So now, in view of the possibility that the believer might be unprepared for his return, Jesus exhorts them. And, of course, by application, he exhorts all of us as well. Stay alert at all times, praying that you will have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So the issue here is have strength to escape all these things. The these things refer to the events that take place during the tribulation, that is, before Christ's return specifically uh, the oppressive persecution from the beast. 
Luke does not record the details of the tribulation here, but Matthew does at 24, 9 through 28. The two passages need to be synchronized to see an accurate timeline and harmony, but that's another study. Now, the believer does not need strength to escape the day of the Lord's judgments because every believer is going to be raptured and taken to heaven before those judgments come upon the earth. Strength is needed to joyfully and fruitfully survive the tribulation and to stand before the Lord without shame when he arrives. The factor of being alert, it refers to character strength through knowledge and application of God's word. The factor of prayer is the faith rest prayer of trusting in God's character and plan based on having knowledge of that plan and of his promises. These two things together, they, they will give the believer the strength he needs to endure the persecution and the hardship. They give strength to remain in fellowship with God, serving him with confidence and joy, just as Peter wrote. To the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that at the revelation of his glory, you can rejoice being overjoyed. Well, it's during this time of tribulation and hardship when the enemies of Christ will be seeking to kill anyone who will not worship the beast that the believer certainly needs to be prayerfully alert and prepared by knowing and applying the truths of God's word for strength and endurance. You know, if he's not prayerfully alert, then he's going to be unable to withstand the persecution wrath from Satan and the beast. Or if um, he happens to be outside the beast's influence, he will be unable to handle the hardship environment that will exist. The result for him in either situation is that he's going to live in constant fear and worry. That will be instead of experiencing the way it should be experiencing the peace and joy from trusting in the wisdom and timing of God. For that matter, in any time of affliction, we should keep in mind that Christ promised peace and joy for the believer who tr trusts in him. Uh, at John 16:33, he said, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. But the believer who is out of fellowship, the one who is burdened by worry and fear, this one is ripe for the deception from the beast system. And there even exists the very real possibility that these unprepared believers will seek to take the mark of the beast in order to escape the hatred and persecution. But of course, God won't allow his child to receive the mark. In all probability, when any believer attempts to take the mark, God will use what I call ultimate divine discipline and remove him from the earth through physical death. The principle of this extreme degree of discipline is taught at 1 Corinthians 11.30 and 1 John 5.16. Now, whether this believer is disciplined by God or not, he will be unprepared and caught off guard when Jesus comes back. It's true that because believers are sons of light and sons of the day, that the day of the Lord should not overtake them like a thief, as Paul wrote. But at 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, 
Paul indicates the, the possibility for this child of God to sleep as others do and according to be unprepared. However, there, there's really no reason for the believer to be lulled to sleep like that. God has provided everything we need to rest in him peacefully and joyously. Um, even in the midst of the most severe persecution and hardship and suffering, no matter how severe the trouble, no matter how severe the persecution, the prayer of Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and 1 Peter 5, 8, where we cast all our concerns upon him, no matter what it is, we can experience the peace of God which surpasses human logic. But if we don't trust him for our daily needs in that future time of severe oppression, we won't have strength to escape. And even though we will still be taken at the rapture, we will initially shrink away from him in shame at his appearing instead of being able to stand before him in confidence. Now, the confidence and strength that we can have while here on earth is really just a relaxed trust in God that he will protect his people on his terms. Of course, many of the believers during that time of tribulation will be betrayed by others and end up killed. But the principle, as stated by Jesus at Luke 21:18, is that even though a believer is martyred, not a hair of his head will perish. Uh, this promise is stated in the context of the persecution during the 40 years before Jerusalem is destroyed. It doesn't mean they won't be killed. It's kind of a symbolic expression that means even if they are to be killed, their entire life is secure in their salvation relationship with God. Not even a hair of his head will perish. The promise declares the principle of salvation security, no matter how severe physical suffering might be. Then at verse 19, Jesus explained the basis for having a successful experience of peace, joy, and testimonial impact. He said, by your endurance, uh, which is knowledge and application of God's word, you will possess or maintain your lives. This concept of possessing your life is a common expression that indicates finding true fulfillment in life through faithfulness and growth and service. The Greek word is uh, kataomai. It's used this way at 1 Thessalonians 4.4, 4, where Paul exhorts the believers for them to know how to possess his own body or life in sanctification and honor. Of course, this goal should be the focus of each one of us as we encounter all the various pressures and afflictions of this life. But it will most certainly be crucial during the time of the tribulation. However, the focus during the tribulation is not just quality of life and testimonial impact. It is also on physical protection, which will find many believers still alive at the end of the tribulation. Those believers will be physically delivered by the return of Jesus and hopefully stand before him unashamed. Matthew recorded it as he who endures to the end will be delivered. And this physical deliverance will occur just in time, as it were, based on Matthew 24, 23, where Jesus taught that the tribulation would be cut short in order for the elect not to be killed by the beast. Uh, so returning now to Luke 21, 36. 
the staying alert factor or watchfulness is kind of like the three disciples whom Jesus told to watch and pray. But when he returned, they were all asleep. The believer who maintains watchfulness through knowledge and application of God's word is the one who is going to be abiding in him. This believer on that basis will be well prepared to remain faithful during the tribulation. And for that matter, any hardship situation. So that, as John wrote, when Jesus returns, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his appearing. Now, to be sure, the one who is martyred during that time is not an unfaithful believer. Martyrdom is actually a testimony to God's character and plan. The Bible shows that God does not keep all his people alive in persecution situations, like with Stephen and James, ultimately Paul and Peter. That does not mean that they did not endure spiritually. Again, the focus here is endurance physically. That is, they remain alive until the end of the tribulation, which will be cut short by the return of Jesus. The one who remains physically alive during this time is the one who will be physically delivered from the oppressors. Uh, Paul describes it uh, at 2 Thessalonians 1, 6 and 7. For after all, it is just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well at the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Matthew 24 explains how that physically alive believer will be delivered. If the tribulation is not cut short, then ultimately all flesh, that is all believers and those who resist beast worship, would be killed. But for the sake of the elect, believers in Jesus, or more specifically those chosen by God to be his representatives on the earth, those days will be cut short. Jesus will return and gather his elect at the rapture. The elect ones also refers to those who will believe in Jesus after his return, that is after the rapture. There needs to be believers alive on the earth during that time in order to continue evangelistic activity to the many who have not taken the mark of the beast. Also, there needs to be believers alive after Armageddon in order to populate the earth at the start of Christ's earthly kingdom. Thus, for the sake of the elect refers to both the present and the future believers. If the tribulation is not cut short and the subsequent day of the Lord's judgments do not uh, curtail the severity of the beast's persecution activity, then there would be no one alive on the earth except beast worshippers. God's plan and promises would be frustrated and Satan would win his reprieve from divine judgment. So now, let's keep encouraging one another and building up one another, because he who has called you is faithful, and he will bring it to pass. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling, to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority from before all time, and now, and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode.